but I I don't know. It was just a weird night, man, and it was throwing my whole day off. I get you. I've been like going to bed crazy late. I'm really I'm struggling with that. I need to get back into a regular schedule or something. I didn't sleep a lot during Christmas break, so I blame that. Well, maybe, you know, better sleep will be your New Year's resolution. <laughs> and what a wonderful way to kick off our lovely conversation. You look like a fisherman, and I love it. I am I am loving this. You look like a really approachable lesbian. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going for a lesbian with an art gallery, but she's kind of a little bit annoyed that her art gallery is owned by her ex-girlfriend's wife. Like that's 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 what this is. Now the, I, I actually really like the double, this shirt. The double buttons at the top really sell me on the ex-wife <laughs> ankle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like that shirt too. Yeah, I I I literally was I was just gifted this shirt yesterday. Aww. So, so yeah, it's uh it's pretty schmancy. Yeah, it's it's schmancy. It's it's schmancy is the technical term. I'm I'm glad. I also above fancy. Yeah, I also started cutting my own bangs. Oh no! Did you really? I just trimmed them. Like they're not. They're not like like. Look at them. They're not in any way different. It's just I didn't want to go to the hair salon to just get my bangs trimmed. Gotcha. 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 Okay, I understand. I. Uh, it's okay. It's, it's okay. just I like was, my lazy, my lazy. Oh God, I dare cut her own bangs. This no, is a car, no, cry there, for help. So there was a girl I knew who would cut her bangs in a triangle, so they pointed right above her where her eyebrows, the space between her eyebrows are. Oh yeah. And she did it herself, and it really looked like she did it herself. Like yeah. it looked like a toddler who got a hold of the scissors. And anytime someone says, I'm going to cut my own bangs, I just see her. And I think, no. No, I I did not do that. I just went and trimmed a few of them because they were annoying me. And my laziness is just next level these days. And I just really, I'm contemplating whether or not I'm going to keep my hair this way because it definitely requires a little more maintenance than other haircuts. And I really like being lazy. I mean, yeah, you're not quite at just fuck it ponytail length. You have to kind of do something with it. I either have to grow it out or keep it real short. I mean, I could... Ooh, wait, turn to the side. Oh, yeah, I like this length. Yeah, I mean, like, this is a little longer than I've had it in a while, and I like it because I can pull it back, which is nice. But, uh, you know, I could just go really short and just, like, embrace this this lesbian gallery manager aesthetic that i've been going for texas has changed you really it's made me more seattle if anything (laughs) (coughs) oh no i'm killing you no killing me softly with your words that's an excellent (sighs) segue Mm -hmm. into our new year's podcast what what happy happy new year listeners sorry sorry happy new year listener (laughs) <laughs> hi mom this, this millennium is 18 years old which means it thinks it knows everything but it's still a total dumbass i really do get excited though now that i realize i'm gonna get to be a part of a roaring 20s mm-hmm. there are people roar there are people that did not get that but we are not those people I mean, granted, we're going to be in our 30s for the Roaring Twenties, so I don't know how much, how isn't much that like, we're going to do. Isn't that the most opportune time, like late, if you can be late 20s or 30s? Probably. I mean, in your 30s, one would hope you have at least some financial stability to support <laughs> your, your Roaring. <laughs> I know. I, 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 it escaped my mouth before I realized how ludicrous it was. You're hilarious. Hold on. I'm missing a dog. God, I hope another one didn't die. <laughs> God. Jesus. Um, that joke is only funny to me and my really sad gallows humor. <laughs> my sister was commenting that I have some pretty severe gallows humor at this at this point because, okay, I heard You're her. like, well, well yeah, This is how I survive because if you don't, as I said to my bosses, if you don't laugh, it's just sad. <laughs> 
true. I am glad 2017 is over because I'm pretty sure I had the worst end of 2017 of anyone I know. Yeah, uh, you win the crown. I, I, I think I, I, I got that crown and then it melted in my hand. I don't know why that happens. Uh, but I did make a new friend. I made a new friend the other day, and I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I am friends now with with the one, the only Whitney Miller, and I am, ah. and I could not be more thrilled. <laughs> we made our friendship official. I sent I sent a stepbrother's gift. It's, it's, it's legit. We've, well. We've had I, conversations. I'm, I'm proud of both of you, I guess. <laughs> we talked a lot about you last night because I said that uh, I, I was saying something, you can edit that, that you that she's your favorite sister. And he's like, oh, he's mine too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, it's great. I love it. Um, no, she's great. I'm, 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 pretty, I'm pretty happy about that. She, she, after, after she sent me all those adorable messages, she was like, I want to be your friend. And I'm like, yay. God knows. I was like, Friendship. I need a few of those. <laughs> I think I'll just keep it in your family. It'll be her, uh, your wife, gonna... and you. Yep. <laughs> like, I picked the great ones. I know how to yes. do that. Hundo percento. Hundo percento. I am drinking coffee because I need to. So this year that collectively kicked all of our asses how would you if you had to i don't know pick a quote to summarize it oh oh i went i went hella cliche bro hell um i'm sure like the second i start it you're gonna be like oh damn why'd you do that and then i'll be like why did you start smoking and become like a 18 year old girl um In three words, I can sum up everything I've learned about life. It goes on. Robert Frost. Nice. What about you, Dan? Do you, by chance, just have a quote up your sleeve regarding this year? Uh, my, my quote is, is very, very similar, except it is from a fictional character. And my quote is... Um, <clears throat> Life finds a way, Doctor Ian e. Malkin. Uh, you know, you win, you win. <laughs> because that's that's what we did. We moved. We we just we, we found kept a way going. This year. We just we kept, kept going. going. Well, like there was a moment. I'm. I think it was. I would say, a few days before the new year that I was talking to you, and I'm like, I just don't know if I can continue with this. <laughs> like, I, I I like that uh, we have this podcast, but what our listeners can't hear is over the last few weeks, like life has been chaotic and we talk pretty much every day about various that you look like I'm going to shoot you <laughs> your face you just like look like oh god what is she gonna say no I just took a bunch of cold meds <laughs> to try and kill this cough and now my eyes are dilating it's fine about it. <laughs> well I, I just th- look like a wide-eyed youth <laughs> I think that in itself is a great explanation of this year um, this last year, oh God, oh God, what's she gonna say? <laughs> you're, you're like oh, these lights. <laughs> I can't catch the fuzzies, Adair. I can't catch them. <laughs> Grabbing at nothing, the Dan Crary story. Um, yeah, that's that's. Oh, but should my reach exceed my grasp? <laughs> but I have to say, how I started the new year was lovely. In that you and I, after you got off work, had a nice like hour-long conversation just about life and about projects and I mean like it was like 2 and 2 30 in the morning when my time when we hung up and like that was a really great way to start it and I actually like wanted to send you a thank you note for that phone conversation because because I have problems <laughs> um, it was a good talk it was, it a, was good a good talk. talk I think we uh, made some headway on some things personal issue wise and project wise that were nice I have a planner for the first time in my entire life I I tweeted to the world to get me a planner oh I'll give you a promo code to to buy this planner that I, have you heard of panda no I haven't heard of I mean I've panda. heard of pandas is that panda, is it panda, a panda planner I just got it and it's it's like it's kicking my New Year's into 
into gear. Um, into gear. This is actually the a... first year I haven't started off the year with a planner. So clearly I'm off to a good start. Yeah, but it's um it's it's blank, you know, like all good ones. It's not year specific. But it has a monthly, a weekly, and a daily section with three different ribbons, so you can find it all easily. But the way that it's designed and laid out is supposed to promote... I'm jumping the gun because this was going to be my recommendation to you. I'm like, this planner, I feel compelled to get my life in order. And it's like helpful. It's like... I appreciate that. You know what my recommendation to you for this year is? What? Pet insurance. Ah, dark. (laughs) Well, but helpful. Like, Indy's still young enough and has no pre-existing conditions. Thanks, um, insurance, for even being that way with dogs. But that (laughs) it could could save your, your butt later on. I say this as a person whose dog has terminal cancer and whose one of her other dogs passed away from a heart attack. So... Uh, that's that's it, as much as it's morbid it's incredibly I feel like it's an incredibly in- intelligent choice to make when you only have one dog it's practical advice yeah, it is Indy, Indy has had a um, she gets UTIs right yeah she's she's had those a lot uh, but they're better now um, she's she's had an insurance program that she was a part of like since we got her that like covered her uh, her getting spayed and all this stuff um and her shots and things but the hospital network does not exist out here so we need to find something new and that was a good reminder because i do need to do that and while you're at it get yourself some insurance too oh a dare <laughs> If there's one good thing that came out of that mess of a tax bill, it's that I won't get uh, get a fine this year for not having health insurance. I know. Isn't I'll that just great? get dead instead. <laughs> I found out that I I uh, qualified to get like a special premium Ooh. on my insurance, so my insurance is actually cheaper. Oh, that's cool. Than it has been in a while. Although I'm just like, uh, maybe. Maybe I'll forget. Uh, being a woman, I think it's a little. Uh, it's a little more of a chance you're taking mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things that can go wrong, especially as I, as I near 30. Um, <laughs> these are nice th- fist bite. I like that. <laughs> I know. Like, uh, I should like a sailor on leave in a 1940s musical. Ah, oh. I should, I should take a picture of that and post it on our Twitter. Um, being a woman near 30, it is, it is uh, kind of, important there's some things that can go wrong is it weird Uh, like as we uh get older and approach you know ages beyond that of a child i think about when i was a kid and i saw or interacted with people my age my current age yeah, now. I got worried. I just about. I thought that they were so alien, so different, so beyond me. And now that I'm older, it's like, no, it's all still just dick jokes, you know? It's just it's, all it's still... just more more advanced dick jokes. Yeah. It's, it's like more you know you things. know the actual terminology for things. Yeah. It's I just yeah. I, I wish that all kids knew that adults are just kids that are pretending to be nice to people so true i spent a majority of my energy pretending that i care fair but there were some things we did care about this year it was a decent year for the uh the written word as far as entertainment poetry and music and beatboxing and vines go you know that you know what i appreciate about you dan is you keep us on task I try because now that I'm editing, I realize it's important. <laughs> As a person who edited the first twenty so episodes of our podcast, I I I wholeheartedly agree. You know, I really wish we had Clark here to just uh, steer our podcast in in the way that a proper host does, like he does for for his new podcast, Twenty Minutes of Banter. Well, a that is insulting and hurtful, uh, and b. <laughs> As much as I, you know, I love having Clark on our, our special episodes, but um, B, we're just not as, uh, we, we do a good job when we do reviews, 
we're pretty detailed and methodical. Oh, I agree. We're pretty right on task with those. It's more when we're being writers, talking about writing. I just because that feel me- like a, being a writer isn't methodical. That's the thing. No, it's, I mean, I feel like uh, Jimmy Shive Overly from You're the Worst. <laughs> it's all writing. It's all writing. Yep. Uh, can I say, though, if we're not including our holiday special mm-hmm. that happened, uh, this is our 30th podcast. Yay! I know that's like not like su- like, but that means we've you know we've been around for a year. We've stuck it, with I this. Thought, uh, I thought this was our blackest of yeah. Fridays was our 29th, and then we had the holiday special, the Christmas right. Carol, in which you were impeccable, if I do say so myself. Oh, stop! Oh, which was- I guess yeah. We had uh, we did have our um, our last uh, Jedi review. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Was that our 30th? Yeah. Damn it. All right, fine. Then this is our 31st. Whatever. I don't know. Congratulations us for lasting this long. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're getting better every day, getting better all the time, getting more focused, more honed, more laser guided. I feel like that's what 2018 is going to be, is going to be about buckling down and getting shit done and accomplishing goals and moving on with life. Yeah. Getting ready to turn 30. <laughs> okay, just me. You're not turning 30. Like, you're not I, even close to 30. <laughs> I know, but it's this year's going to be my golden birthday. So I know. I'm very excited for special. your... We should, I feel like we should have a joint birthday party. It, it's your golden. It's my 30th. We should have yeah. a... Obviously, we should have a roaring 20s birthday party. <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> this whole podcast was just to, for me to lead up to the introduction of us having a golden... Or a, that means you a put like a hundred hours worth of work into this. That's a lot. I know this is the only reason we had this podcast is because it was a slow build up to this. Okay, That's so two very long trap. Two thousand seven. <laughs> it's a long con. Uh, two thousand seventeen was a lot. Like as I as I describe most things in my life, it's a lot. And uh, but there were things that we loved. Mm-hmm. There were things that we hated, and there were things we desperately wanted to rewrite. Yes, 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 there were. So, Dan, I think a nice way to go about this is for us to discuss a few things we loved, and then to, for us to discuss a few things we hated or really didn't like the writing for, and and then maybe discuss what if we could have rewritten one thing, what it would be. Okay, uh, give me your number five most favorite written thing. Um, it's a tie. Ooh, you're and a it's a And it's a book. Uh, they're both books. So uh, both are ones I've recommended to you. Actually, I think everything, no, not everything, but a majority of the things that I had on my best are things I've recommended already. So it will be no surprise. Uh, my number five is Between Freedom by Jonathan Franzen because I need to talk to you about Patty and uh, Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. Both really solid books, very, very different books, really solid and just riveting books. Nice. Yeah. Cool. My, uh, my number five would be the Netflix series Godless, the Western that came out in November seven-part series uh, that I thoroughly enjoyed for being a very well-crafted Western, which I hadn't mm-hmm. seen in a while, um, and having enough twists on it and enough breaking with the trope to make it fresh and interesting. We watched, Courtney and I watched the entire thing in a day, and it was fantastic. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Jeff Daniels plays a fantastic an extremely complicated villain. Interesting. Jeff Daniels is a villain. I am he intrigued. Is great. Yeah, it's it's uh it's definitely worth your time. It's got a bunch of British actors playing Americans. It's it's excellent. Yeah, I knew uh what's her face from what's its face is in it. Yeah, Lady Mary from Downton Abbey, but also I love that you knew that. <laughs> yep. Also, um Liam Neeson's son from Love Actually. Also uh, from Game of Thrones. I was going to say Game of Thrones kid. Yeah. Um, He's in it and he does a great job as a sheriff's deputy. He's skinny as shit. He's tiny. He's always Um, been skinny as shit. And I think, is it Jack O'Donnell 
the actor from Skins, the UK one, the good one. Um, I only know Nicholas Holt and Dev Patel in the British Skins. Uh, he was from the Next Generation. Of oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't keep up with it. I <clears> watched anyways, like he's, the first. He's two fantastic. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's very enjoyable. I really liked it. If you're a fan of westerns at all, I highly recommend it. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, well, I also on a TV tangent recommend Marvel's Runaways. All right. Which it's uh, it's slow in parts. Uh, it takes a bit, but I feel like for a, a, a script that is resting pretty heavily on teenage actors, it was quite impressive to me. Like, I, I think the growth of the characters has been really interesting, and I haven't, the, I've only watched the first half of the newest episode, uh, Doomsday, but it's, it's interesting. The relationships with the parents is interesting, and this, there's a lot of dynamics as, <laughs> My God, your your mustache stroking is is great, uh, and would be Villainous. well would be well received in the Runaways. Now, I think I think there's some there's some weird stuff that's going on, but I liked it, and I think, I mean, when Legion came out, I was really excited, and I think it was a very good and well well done piece. But it was almost too confusing for anyone who doesn't understand comic books to get and I think Runaways is that little bridge in the gap of the cinematic universe to like things like Legion which are a little more out there and I think it's kind of creating a wider audience for these for these pieces where I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of failed Mm -hmm. and so I think I think it's it makes it more it, it it makes it a little more human and a little less inhuman solid burn thank you that was fantastic um good i will uh it's been on my list i will check that out <clears throat> number three wait we're on number You're on four. four um i have to go with it it should be higher on my list but allow me to explain i gotta go with get out um i thought the script was really really well crafted it's it's an excellently written script and it was executed very well um i understand why the um now the tsa agent friend what's his name what's the character's name rodney i think it's it's something like that rodney i think is correct rodney rudy uh i'm trying to remember how allison williams said his name because she had like a nickname for him in the beginning or something i don't know anyways um I understand why all of his scenes were there and they were effective in um, in cutting the tension a little bit and making it a more palatable experience and less truly horrifying, mm-hmm. giving it more of that thriller edge. But he, uh, he did take me out of it just a little, just a little. That was my only, the only thing that kept it from being like perfect in my mind and moving it up to number one or two on my list. But I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. It's really really good even though and this sucks i got the twist spoiled for me long before i watched same it, here which just sucked but that's okay i think as i was watching the movie i was like so at what point would i have figured this out at what point would i have been like oh but it was fun to watch it knowing the twist yeah and be like oh look at that little tip of the hat you know uh my uh, my grandmother my mother loved her kitchen we keep a little piece of her in here yeah Uh, so good so good anyways yeah Yeah, so get out number four number four um so my number my number three is ladybird which was a film i saw a month or two ago Mm -hmm. and really just in november i saw it in november i mean like really it's very well acted and the dynamic between the two main characters is really it's it's very authentic to a mother and daughter relationship where they don't quite understand each other but i mean for greta gerwig's i mean it's the same can be said of jordan peele i mean these are two first time directors that are just Mm -hmm. doing such a phenomenal job and like creating writer director right well yeah uh, yeah Yeah. and and like she's helped on a lot of films with noah bombach and she's co-written and co-directed on things but like i mean it was just astounding and i mean this is i mean it's 
it's not so loosely based on her life. It's it's pretty accurate to what her life was in a lot of ways. And it's it's very interesting and it's it's clear she sees her own flaws as well. And so I think I think honestly a great thing about directors and writers is when they recognize where where they're weakest or where they they can make fun of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like they have humility of their own character because none of us, I think, think we're perfect, but I think it's a harder thing to openly acknowledge that. Right. Because there's ego in it too. Like when you're mm-hmm. writing and when you're directing, you don't want to acknowledge, you know, oh yeah, well, I was kind of a petulant teenager as are most teenagers. And like I believed in this and I romanticized this and why. Well, and I think it's uh, it's clear when when a director, especially a writer director, doesn't have a firm grasp on their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Say, I don't want to be a jerk or tip my hand about other things on my list, but David Ayer, Ayer, <laughs> uh, he just has kind of made the same movie about five times, and he's not a not not the best writer, but. Uh, yeah, uh, he's still going to get to write uh, the Bright sequel <laughs> that just got greenlit. So there's yeah. that. Uh, anyways, yeah. No, it's I, I'm interested to see Lady Bird. In fact, I may, uh, when my movie pass gets here in the mail, I may uh, go check that out. I'm, I'm looking into a movie pass now. Mm-hmm. I'm going, I'm going for it. Good. I'm I'm excited. You you've convinced me as far as all of that goes. I'm looking at IMDb as well cuz I'm I didn't realize he was going to write the bright sequel. It just got announced yesterday. Okay. That would That would I mean, be it. 11 million people watched it the first weekend. Um and I think it's it's grown since then even though it's been critically meh panned the audience reaction's been pretty favorable but yeah he looks like he's he's a villain david ayer yeah oh yeah he looks he looks like a like a dime store uh hugo strange (laughs) yes that's amazing Mm -hmm. um i'm a little uh yeah he's just disappointed me sorry i'm just like looking at I don't know why I look at things that make me sad. It's just I just like, want him to stay out of my genre fair. It's like, just go back to making the same fucking L.A. cop movie over and over again. Just do that. Forever. You ruined Suicide Squad for us. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, also Jared Leto. He ruined Suicide it Squad. Too. I think Grace Randolph said it best when she called it Snapchat, Snapchat the movie. The movie. <laughs> just kept little vignettes, little things, not really scenes, not really. Love it. Yes. What's your number three? My number three is the marvelous Mrs. Maisel on uh, Amazon, an Amazon original that just premiered last month. Last month? This month? Recently. I think it was last month. Yeah, it was last month. Um, love it. So, so damn good. Um, the same wonderful dialogue you would expect from the creator of Gilmore Girls, but the thing I like about it here is that it's, she doesn't fall into like Sorkin's disease where everybody is brilliant and speaking a million miles an hour. The voices have enough difference in them that not everyone is laser guided witty. Not everyone is just impeccably funny. Everyone gets good moments, but it's, it's just a tour de force performance on top of a very well-written, well-researched, well-polished script that is practically bulletproof. I mean, it captures the times in such an interesting way. It captures what comedy is. It captures working on a 10-minute set. It just, the way that they follow her journey and the ending, the final episode, the last couple moments of that are just perfect. Even if it didn't get picked up for another season, which I'm sure it will, um, it it would be a great ending. It really would be. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I introduced my mom to that while she was here for two days. And she watched, she started that night and finished it at 2 a.m. the morning before she left. So my my mom spent a majority of her time here watching that. 
bonding. <laughs> Yay, Yay. Um, No, but she she liked it a lot too. I, I assume she would. She is she is of that group of people who love like love 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 Gilmore Girls. So I I respect parts of Gilmore Girls, but I think I definitely found it. It got tired to me. Yeah, I never really liked Gilmore Girls. And yeah. so I was surprised when I liked this. Well, I was like, no one is that on all the time. Like, no I mean, one is. I mean, you. Yes, obviously. of course you. Yeah. But yeah. No, I great recommendation. I assumed you were going to recommend that. Or say that was your best. I'm just surprised that we haven't had any overlap. I was before. actually just about to say, I am kind of surprised about that. I'm interested. Okay, let's see if I your number two has uh, anything to do with any of my numbers. Um, so the only reason my number two is number two and not number one is I respect that part of it is based on improv, which is one of the things I absolutely loved about this film, which is Thor Ragnarok. Loved it. It made me really, really happy. I'd say it was the thing that lived most up to my expectations in 2017. And so, uh, but the beauty of Taika Waititi is he allows for improvisation. He allows for kind of things to just go off script. And so I wouldn't say like it's the best written thing of the year because I know that part of it, part of the humor of it is that it kind of came about in a natural and organic way. Sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Not surprised. No. I I thought it would be number two for you. I really did. (laughs) Um, I'm curious what you think my number one would be. We'll see if I'm right. My number two is also from the superhero genre, and it is the Lego Batman movie. Oh, thank God. I was so scared, and I know you were doing that to freak me out. I know you were just fucking with me. I from from the opening credits crawl to the end, that movie is a laugh a minute. Darkness. Yeah. All movies all important movies, movies start, start in black. Dark. <laughs> uh, black. God, yep. I love it. And the I mean, it it was a you know, I've talked about this before in our Justice League review. I'll just reiterate briefly. Batman only works when he's one of a couple things. He gets to be a dark knight, caped crusader, the world's greatest detective or struggling father figure. He's he's bat dad. But I believe um, you had statistician statistician. Um uh strategist? That's yeah. what I meant. That's what I meant. I yeah, strategist, That's- you can file that under uh greatest detective or dark knight if you want but yes i could also give it its own its own i feel like you did last time as i probably did i probably did um but uh even though i I totally failed at remembering what it was i'm like no and as i was saying it i was like statistician you said he was good at statistics i was like he was in grad school for statistics (laughs) batman is an actuary um (laughs) I uh, I was I gonna really, make a Dark Knight joke. Oh. <laughs> I really, really, really liked that movie. Um, it's I, solid. I laughed so hard, and even though I hate shipping uh, Bruce Wayne and uh, and Barbara Gordon, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, and I, it's the only thing Bruce Tim ever did to the Batverse that I just I want to slap him for. Um, but I really, really liked that movie. It was it was very I do enjoyable. Too. I yeah. do too. It's mm-hmm. that's a good one. Good call. Hundred yep. percent. All right, my number one. That's my really pathetic drum roll. Thank you. Your drum roll was better. You have a better table. I have like marble right now. Uh, thank you. My number one is Stoner by John Williams. Nice. Yeah, that that was uh, it was such a an amazing book and it's hard because like it's not something that a lot of people would be like oh yeah this seems like so cool but it was just it was a beautiful work of narrative writing and I think about it I'd say every day and I think that's a sign of something that meant some uh, that means something to you and hits you somewhere and I think it hit me right here in my sternum yeah what about you Dan we have had zero overlap Zero. This is exciting. Um, So I was going to say that my number one was Ozark 
uh, the Netflix series, which I'm obsessed with and love. However, upon further soul searching, I realized that the my favorite script of the year for a number of reasons and my number one written piece of the year has to be The Big Sick. Um, oh, God, yes, that's so good. I didn't even think of, oh my God. Because Genius. not only is it is it so good, not only is it well executed, well realized, well acted, well thought out, it's based on real events and it's Kumal Nanjiani telling his story along with his wife who helped him write it. And that pertains to certain projects and things that are coming down the line for uh, myself and for you and for lots of people. And I think that angle on it made it feel all the more real and pertinent to me as a creator mm-hmm. and just made me, as I was watching it, laughing uproariously. And I thought the ending was perfect. I really thought it was it perfect. Really, you really don't have good. to spoon, spoon feed me bullshit. Because you have the whole credit roll with the with the photographs of how it actually turned out for the real people, so you get to be as happy as you want. But it was, it was such a good movie, and it you know, and I'm never going to get rid of my Amazon Prime account, so I can watch it forever. Yeah, there you go. No, I mean, it's funny that you say that because when you start talking about the big sick, I was like, that's so like it 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 pertains to current feelings. It pertains mm-hmm. to like what I'm working on and what you're working on and what we're, we are working on. And, um, it is so solid. It's so solid. Uh, I love it. And you mentioned Ozark and I have a feeling when I see it, call me by your name is going to be like, it's going to surpass everything for me yeah. just from what I've heard about it and what I've read about it. It's, it looks like it's going to be phenomenal. So I can't, obviously say it's my favorite but from what i've seen i think that would probably have been my favorite yeah i mean to me it it looks like it's going to play out similarly to my lone ranger uh flash fic but um, i was wondering if you're gonna make a lone ranger joke just now oh yeah thank you thank you for for bringing it all back you gotta drop the army hammer and And speaking of awful films, <laughs> what's your bot? Let's let's switch gears here. Just now, I don't want to be too critical because I realize these things cost millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, so many people work on them. There's always good intentions, but sometimes things just. Uh, and this is going to get super contentious. I don't think you're going to agree with my number one at all. You're going to be get mad at me, maybe. Um, it's not Moana. Don't worry. <laughs> that was last year. <laughs> I know. Um. um I, I'd more just be like, you don't understand how years work. I'm on the Mayan calendar. Thanks. <laughs> well, the world might have ended by now. Um, um, yeah. All right. So why don't you start this this round? Okay. So my number three for uh, poorly written, and I have to qualify this this entry because it's a great premise. It's such a good premise, but mm-hmm. I there was... I think part of it is the director's fault and part of it is some dialogue where I was like, if he wrote this, I'm, I'm very disappointed in you. Uh, but number three is bright. Uh, as much as I like Max Landis and I think that the idea and some of it is really well done. There were some just odd lines that just made Joel Edgerton's character not really work for me. You could have pulled most of Will Smith's dialogue from any Will Smith movie ever. Well, I'm it curious, just, though, you recommended this to me earlier. It's have still you... worth watching. That's okay. the thing. Is like I have to. I, that's why it's only number three. It's it. It's more disappointing than it is outright bad. It's not terrible by any stretch. I think there's a couple of key scenes that are fantastic, and then there's a couple of others that are just not. They're okay. they're just weak, and they're they're forcing. Um, character dialogue that feels really stilted and is a little too much let me talk about my feelings let me talk about the situation and I I don't know it feels meddled with for some reason I don't want to blame Max Landis because I really enjoy yeah I was about to say you're you're like the president of the Max Landis fan club let's let's not go that far okay treasurer thank you (laughs) I lost the election I'm Um, I'm I'm the secretary so I (laughs) I I, I feel like I I can uh, handle it but yeah it was just 
there were just a couple of things that if they'd fixed that, I would have thought it was a great movie. Um, but yeah, it's enjoyable. And I'm excited for a sequel, even if David Ayer is going to script it. Because then I'm like, well, what other generic cop premise can you do there, buddy? Let's go training day. Yep. They're going to next one, he, they'll, they'll train he... an, uh, a dwarf police officer or something. I am starring in the sequel to Bright, in case you're curious. Wonderful. All right. So my number three, and it pains me because I, this series at a time was, I said series. (laughs) (laughs) And Siri thought I was talking to her. That's leaving it in. Never happened before. I am leaving it. <laughs> um, I was like, what just happened? Uh, this, I don't want to say it now. Go ahead. Uh, this series, uh, I was just afraid. It was something that I loved. Uh, and it was something that had such, such a promise to me for quite some time. And just because the, the comedy, you know, it was, it it got dry and stale a little bit, but it, it, there were parts that genuinely I thought were hilarious. And the last two seasons, and me and you have talked about this, have just really been a what? what? And the last season, particularly, of The Mindy Project was really disheartening for me. And I watched it. Like, I am a completionist, mm-hmm. but uh, it was hard. Hey, HQ is live. <laughs> I'll call you back. <laughs> that time we were talking on the phone. But bye. I've kind of quit playing. Me too. Yeah. I, I play on occasion. I play when it's like $18,000. All right. Um, but yeah, um, so the Mindy Project, final season. Um, I, I wholeheartedly support your decision. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. It's a hard decision. It's, it's hard. It's it like hard. When, when you have a friend that, um, you know, you always go to the movies together and then they're like, I don't really want to go to the movies anymore. It's like, Oh, well, do you want to do something else? And it's like, well, we can talk about going to the movies a lot. So stuff's going on with you in Austin, isn't it? It's fine. (laughs) All right, Dan, now that you've finished that tea, what's your Mm. number two? Uh, My number two is similarly a long running series that uh, has, dropped in script quality uh, i gotta go with game of thrones our, our rules for travel i was about to say how no is sense. it so easy to get everywhere no sense. now it has never been easy to get anywhere in westeros it has always been a gigantic pain in the gotta ass and the now time. they're just teleporting i'm like i don't care i don't care what your bullshit is I, I don't care. I don't care. You are you are speeding down the track so that you can what? Get done and then make an alternate history Civil War series for HBO that everyone hates on premise? No, no, sir. No, no, no. No. And, uh, Do this I mean, right. Like, <laughs> I mean, I really, I think Varys has some sort of magical power we're not acknowledging because how does that dude get everywhere? I... Like, cause he started before everyone else traveling super fast. I'm like, he he was. Fairies, what um, the fuck? And now the the dragons, I guess, can go at like Mach three. I don't know. Um, is that little finger ending was nice, but everything that happened within this season was just contrived and. I did meh. like Arya and Sansa's little contention a bit. Like it was interesting. I liked to see it them as grow- the idea. Yeah, yeah. I liked three of the siblings being back together. That was actually nice, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it. I don't yeah. really, I am I, not super keen upon Bran's emo nature or uh, honestly. Bran the I, robot. As much as I wanted John and Danny to get together at one point. It happened I, again so quickly. They were yeah. traveling, you know, across Westeros like that. And he was traveling across her body even faster. <laughs> She's your aunt. That was, that was exceptional. Uh, but yeah, okay, yeah, no, I, I totally feel you on that. Yeah, I just, uh, he really knows nothing, and he's going to find out, and it's going to be, huh. Yep. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, actually, to be fair, in the books, the Targaryens really, like, 
incest but he is wasn't, pretty common. But he wasn't raised as a Targaryen. She'll probably be okay. She'll be like, well, because in the yeah. book, she totally thought she'd end up with her brother. Yeah. Like, she thought she would end up marrying him. And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, you're 14 and you have weird concepts on things. I don't know why that, Purple-eyed that freaks. voice came out. <laughs> Yeah, so Game of Thrones let me down a little bit this year. Don't get me wrong. I still enjoyed the shit out of it. Um, I really liked when... um, Oh, shit. Lady... uh, The Thorn Queen. The Rose Rose Gal. uh, Oh, um... Not Martell. Yeah, Martell. Yeah, Martell. No. No. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Tyrell. Tyrell, yes. Um, Queen of Thorns, yeah. The Queen of Thorns, yeah, her her it's very final confusing. little scene when she admitted to poisoning Joffrey was just. I was also stoked that Jamie left Cersei. Yes, oh, I just, I just want him and Bri- and Brienne to maybe work out, but I know that they probably won't because, I it, it, I would just really like that. I like that the Hound's back. I really enjoyed the Hound and Brienne seeing each other. That was, that was a great moment. There yeah. were certain moments. There were certain like you know, connections that were, were funny and like the hound finding out that Arya is okay and like that she she's actually like much stronger than anyone anticipated and everything. Like mm-hmm. I like those things, but yeah. Yeah. It it comes off a little fan servicey at times, but overall it's uh it's good. Yeah. It's, yeah. Good. it's not gonna stop me from watching it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna watch the shit out of the final season. I, am, I will me too. lose my mind. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so my number two Forgot which one I did for number two. Ah, you probably won't like this. Uh, my number two is Justice League. Okay. And I think there were parts of it that were really, really interesting and cool, but I thought the script felt a little bit... I mean, this is what happens also when you have two different people directing it, and I, I give it that, that right. there there was some stuff that was rewritten. There were... I mean, like this movie had a lot to fight against. And so if it had turned out, um, honestly, like 15% more cohesive than it was, I would probably just be applauding it constantly because it had a lot to overcome because of everything in the creation of it. But it just, I, I mean, like we've discussed what we yep. would do to rewrite it. <laughs> and we've it's all stuff we've discussed before. And so I don't feel like I need to go too far into it. But there's just... It did not feel like a cohesive film, and I think when you have such a budget to do that, I think you need to you need to do you need to give more stability to the plot. Yeah, it's, so, yeah. it's hard. It, it's it's hard. really hard. It's characters that we love being treated in a manner that's unfair. Yeah, it, it, I really I do <sighs> feel bad. I just want to hug them all. I mean, not right. Cyborg. I think he'd electrocute me. In the Flash, I probably couldn't catch everyone else. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hugs all around. Hugs all around. A good Aqua Team hug. <laughs> Aqua Bro forever. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, What's your number one? I'm prepared to to throw this glass on the floor. Uh, my number one, and you know. It's not the worst thing that was written this year, you know, obviously. But it was the one that was the most sort of disappointing to me. Okay. You know, just because I guess, I don't, I don't know, I just had a very specific attachment to the first installment. But um, Master of None, season two, I really was upset with. It had that one great Thanksgiving episode, and the rest of it, I, I just... I did. I I I commend him for doing whatever he wants. I'm like, good for you. But the sort of Italian cinema thematic look at things that's then just dropped and completely abandoned, and they kind of try to pick it back up at the end. And now we're supposed to be invested in this love story that's maybe happening, maybe not. I just. I like that he's trying to break convention. I like that he's trying to do something different. But I think I'm just maybe a little too much of a structuralist where I'm like, give me a surreal, out there, bizarre anthology series or give me a scripted 
linear show on some that doesn't even have to be linear but give me a really truly scripted show and it just i never with the exception of the thanksgiving episode when every episode ended of this season i went huh really oh okay i just eh. no i totally i respect what you're saying like i have to say in retrospect i kind of agree there are certain episodes i wouldn't say it was only the one episode i would say i had a few that i really like I agree. I wasn't terribly invested in this relationship and I felt like I was supposed to be, I didn't root for them in the way that like I kind of, root, I mean, I rooted for him and Rachel in the first season. Like yeah. their relationship was very real and it was very interesting to see it. Like they did a really good job of showing progression of relationship and how things get challenging and how, you know, you have to you know, grow together or you grow apart. And like those are really important things. And I mean, maybe it was that the character, like the uh, the portrayal of was Francesca, was that her name? That was her name. I don't even. I don't even um, care. But yeah, but like that's the thing is like I don't think she was terribly likable. Like she seemed unsure of herself, and I think then it, it also I don't know. It just the relationship didn't seem like something I wanted to root for. And also John Legend's random like cameo. And I think the the Chef Jeff plotline was interesting. That and was interesting. I, and in retrospect, I'm kind of curious if the, this is related to like his stuff with Louis C.K. Mm. and his way of do, dealing with that. Interesting. Because, I mean, it's hard because like you find out like that certain actors that you admire are kind of complicit in this stuff. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking. But mm-hmm. there are like these signs. I'm like, maybe. Um, but I would say like there were like three or four episodes that I really solidly enjoyed. Um, wow. When you think about it, that Chef Jeff stuff, that all happened well before, you know, this the Weinstein stuff broke and yeah. Hollywood started imploding. I wonder, I wonder, huh. Well, that's just been like my, like, processing of it because that was it's a lot and but I did enjoy I I I loved that Thanksgiving episode that was such a solid episode and it deserved its wins and like and I think Angela Bassett was an amazing like addition onto the cast for that I love Angela Bassett and honestly I have to say I know like it probably I think the reason why maybe you didn't enjoy it as much was it was the first episode right after it went all black and white and then it just like totally broke what they were doing was the episode with Arnold and Dev in Italy was actually really adorable to me it, it was. It I, was. I cute. mean, but I also it, just it love was Arnold. Definitely cute. I just I, love I Arnold. I enjoy Arnold. Yeah. I would. I would love a little standalone buddy film of them in Italy eating everything. Totally, totally. And but I yeah. also, I I guess, uh, Dev's life is so in transition and fluid and yet charmed. Yeah. That I'm. I'm always like, I don't really see how this guy is maintaining any of these relationships very well. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't know. He just seems like a weird, vague foodie who's got money. I don't. I don't know. I'm just not. I'm not. Interested. Yeah, his like ability to have money it confuses me. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, the actually the I think it was the episode regarding religion. I think that was this season. I liked that episode because it was a very interesting episode and brought back his parents, who I thought were a really good uh, characters. They're cute. They're, they're really cute. I mean, like, his mom is not, they're, like, a solid actor. But, terrible actors. But yeah, but, cute. like, they're adorable. And, um, um, but I think it, not everything landed, but I think that it was a really, the, the sentiment in that episode was very, very solid and had some reflections on the parents' episode in the first season, which I loved. When it works, it's like a sincere Seinfeld. It is like him and his mm-hmm. friends discussing an issue. Mm-hmm. Or working through a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's when that show works. And I felt like this season got too far away from that and got into like this weird fantasy of a taken Italian woman that just didn't matter to me. I mean, they were cute together, but they're, it, I, I, it, was, it was disappointing because it is so good at yeah. times. I think and we I think hold it to a high expectation because when it's good, it's really good. Yeah, when it's good, it's really good. Um, 
I also think that that show really thrives in the middle. No one ever gets really super excited about anything, and no one yeah. ever gets crazy sad. It's all, it stays pretty even keel. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, but yeah. I, what was, no, I what th- was your worst? Tell me your worst. My Give me worst, your worst. My worst. My worst. Um, number one here. You want a drum roll again? My worst. Is, yeah, uh, no, it's okay. I didn't give you a drum roll. You didn't get a drum roll. I don't get a drum roll. I just have a drum roll. My worst is actually one I watched in the last two weeks. And dear God, if I didn't know like what this was a parable for, I, <laughs> I would have just sat there in a dark corner so confused um mother ah i like i don't i don't even know what to tell you about that movie like i've never like just sat through something like normally when i get that feeling of uneasiness there's like emotion or something for it. but like at a certain point i was just like i don't fuck it. like like the acting, you've got some really solid actors, but like the acting's really, it feels very wooden and all of the choices, like I do respect what they were trying to do, but it didn't, it didn't play for me. It didn't play for me. And it was, the script was so limited that really I felt I felt grossed out sometimes. There were some scenes that really upset me. Um, But yeah, I just, I don't even know. Like, I don't know what someone would, yeah, that, that's actually pretty similar to I felt um, maybe a little shakier, but I, uh, I, I don't know how someone, I don't know how Michelle Pfeiffer opened up that script and was like, yes, absolutely. Like, this is the role that I want to play. A grasp for mainstream relevance? I don't know. I think she's fantastic, but... I think she. I think she's fantastic. I don't think she needed this film. Probably. Um, no, I'm like she's. She's got. She gets to. She gets <sighs> to be in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Go. Go do that. Go be. Go be fabulous. You. She was just. It's a Janet Van crime that she's. <laughs> she's yeah. No. And I mean, Javier Bardem was just like this. He it was so hard to like care about him, and then randomly or Kristen Wiig. Understand Wig- him. Yeah, and then randomly Kristen Wiig's there, and you're like, wait, Kristen Wiig was in Mother. Yep. Why? <laughs> She's his agent. I don't She's know. She's not the female Bill Murray. She's tried so hard, and she's just not. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you, and then you've randomly, and I mean. God love Donald Gleason, but uh, his role in that was really weird. And his... was he a cartoon Nazi in that too? <laughs> no, he was Kane. Um, <laughs> uh, and then he kills his real life brother. He doesn't real life kill oh. him, but he kills his real life brother. He doesn't real life kill his real life brother. <laughs> no, We'd, this would that'd be a different story. So yeah, Mother is the the worst uh, piece of writing that I feel like I witnessed, and she had to endure. Yeah, I I would say endure is pretty much what I would call what happened. I processed. So yeah, and then Dan, if you were to have rewritten something this year, if, if someone handed you the mantle to their kingdom of a script or a novel or a, a, a you know a song. What what would mm-hmm. it be? Well, I would have probably rewritten uh, Taylor Swift's latest album to be just like nice. Like you don't have to like give the haters what they want, Taylor. No, I would. Uh, no, you, I'm. I would rewrite the Last Jedi. <gasps> oh my god, me too. I I wouldn't go crazy with it, but I would just take what the Luke's ending, and I would move that to the third movie movie in this trilogy. Same ending for Luke. Just just. Like similar, at I least. would do a few things differently yeah. beyond that, but yeah, but I, w- I would move that, and I would uh, you know change Leia stuff a little bit. Uh, as much as I love Holdo, I would either give her moment to Leia or Admiral Akbar, like somebody more established. If we're gonna just send somebody off because we didn't have a long enough connection with her, and I would have liked more time with her. Yeah. Um, 
I would still have brought her in. I just wouldn't have yeah. had her. And I would have scene. I would have shrunk that casino scene down to about five minutes. To a scene. Just <laughs> yeah, one scene. To, to um, a scene. Um, uh, I yeah. love that we uh, we didn't choose any of the same on anything except for what we would have rewritten. Yep. I also would have rewritten. There's so much good, but there's so much that could just... Just wanna, I just want to tweak it. You look, tweak like it. you look like you're twisting The Last Jedi's nipples. Ah, come you're, here. Come, come here. on, Kylo. Come on, Kylo. Give those, yeah, yeah. Give me, the, give me those nipples, Kylo. Mm. Mm-hmm. Another, another thing that was really not great writing was the last season of Girls. That was... Oh, well, yeah. That was rough. Um, but yeah, I love that, that that's, that's how that worked out. That makes me really happy that that's the thing. But speaking of... What we would rewrite. Uh, tell me, what are you hoping for in this new year? Like, what kind of writing resolutions are you making for yourself that you may or may um, not follow? Finishing more things. I've got a lot of half-finished scripts. I've got a lot of things that are in various processes, so following through. And writing every single day, no matter what. Um, I'm like trying to keep it relatively simple. It can just be a poem, as long as, you know, I put in half an hour to an hour minimum every single day because it's hard to you know have days where you write for four hours and then have a couple days where you don't write at all and that's just that's sort of up and down inconsistencies just not conducive to the kind of output I need before my life force is extinguished and I rejoin our galactic overlord in the uh, the great beyond home planet so <laughs> I told you I'm a Scientologist, right? Um, I you didn't, but I listened to your other podcast, so I knew. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so you know, I want to keep it simple. Just you're gonna write every day, goddammit. And I'm lining out weeks where it's like this week I'm finishing this thing, and I need to finish some damn shit before I start a bunch of new ones. Um, yeah, same here. So that's that's hard to have the discipline because there's other things I'm really excited about, but to just follow through and finish a few things that. I believe I've been backburnered for a while, so. I like it. I think yeah. that I think those are very those are manageable resolutions with a lot of positive outcomes. They are attainable for me within my grasp. And what it. what are you going to be doing to to better your your writing self this? Uh, stop drinking as much. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't drink that much, except when I'm podcasting. Ha ha. Well, I mean, it's kind of an expectation for one of my podcasts, Mm -hmm. to be fair. Uh, I am going to, I've been really good at procrastinating this year. Like, I am, like, next level at procrastinating. (laughs) And I'm going to, I'm going to try and cut that out. Uh, And so I I also really want to write every day this year. I would like that. I've done it so far. I was going to say, I'm, I've. I've nailed it these first two full days we've had. I mean, of yeah, January. that's the thing is like I'm I need to get on it today, but like it's that's manageable and it's not always like one thing. And I think that's where I get like struggly on like NaNoWriMo and stuff like that is it's sometimes hard to just like stay with something like when you're feeling a little blocked. And so and especially if it's one time out of the year where you're like this month, I'm going to be awesome. And, and when so you don't yeah. exercise that discipline for the rest of the year. It's like, uh, you're yeah, like- and that's actually what NaNoWriMo kind of taught me this year was I need to really just give myself that every day and to encourage myself and not to like give myself a word count, but maybe a time because sometimes something comes out really slowly and sometimes it comes out quickly. That's the nature of life and also uh, bodily functions. Now that I think about it, um, but that is one of my things. <laughs> Wow, that, that elicited that quite. One the, that, that one got me. That one got me. I I only uh, have ever elicited that response from you before. I have to uh, I have to silent laugh because if I laugh too loudly, I will hack again. Mm, fair, fair point. Uh, the other things I want to do is I'm I'm finishing up on outlines for this website that I've started creating, and the website is is. Uh, basically an online creative collaboration and it's going to, and we've discussed this and it's going to have a lot of aspects to it. It's not just going to be a blog or reviews or photos or art. It's going to be a lot of things 
So that's been like a process to try and just like kind of narrow down where. And then also I'm in the process of writing out an email sort of to a few creative types that I know and sort of asking if that's something that they would be interested in contributing to because I think that could be a really cool idea. And I think it eventually will connect to like podcasting as well and different things. And so that will be really cool. And that's going to be more of a, I'll contribute to it, but it'll be also something that more I have control over. And I'm more a curator, less of the contributor, but I'll still contribute. There's that. There is a project that you and I have discussed that Mm -hmm. was originally starting as one thing and now has evolved into something different, which I have to say, once that was decided, got me so freaking excited. It works. It It works. works. It works. And I'm excited for us to later on discuss what we're doing. And like, it's to the point, like I smile when I talk about it now where I'm like, this is like, this is an exciting thing. And I'm also hoping to work a little bit with music regarding that project. And my last thing is I am starting to write a series of children's books, and <laughs> which is hilarious to me because I have the mouth of a sailor on leaf, but still. And, uh, and so, but, but I mean, I, I, do, I do really love working with kids, which is a, something I've done for a majority of my life. And so it kind of combines two aspects of my personality, which is nice. It was so, weird when you were a child working with children. I know, yeah, like, right? Why is that? Why is that four-year-old so bossy? I know. It was just <laughs> they just they called me precocious and just let it go. But yeah, so so yeah, I started working on that, and I need to figure out as far as like art goes, uh, what I want to do, whether I want to have someone create the art for me, or if I want to commission something I don't know where I'm thinking about it all but I have some rough outlines of the first four books well if anyone listening to this has any contacts at Scholastic uh DM our Twitter account yeah it's gonna be huge it's gonna be huge well what's great is every person I've discussed it with has been like yeah no this plays this plays and I'm like cool Cool, cool. Um, I'm very Abed about it. And cool. uh, yeah, so, and then also opening my gallery. Yeah. That's my well, other thing. I think 2018 is really going to be a great year for us. Well, it can't, I mean, I'm not going to actually say it can't get much worse. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, man. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Means we also have to change our copyright. Ah, yes. Um, you're editing now so that's your problem uh, yeah well <laughs> I'll record a new outro ha <laughs> look for that yep. one guys maybe not yep. this time probably this time but it'll be lame and just me and then we'll do a proper one later sure do I it. gotta take a nap man I'm gonna yeah. fall asleep no you, you keep hitting that microphone like uh, oh uh-huh. mm. But, uh, yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Yeah. And God bless us, everyone. Slow Claps and Rewrites is produced by Daniel Crary and Adair Rice. It is edited by Daniel Crary. Slow Claps and Rewrites is a secret weapon production. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.